0: Thank you for joining us. This is Manufacturing Talk Radio and our television edition. We appreciate you being with us. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with co-host Lou Weiss. Lou is the president of All Metals and Forge Group, a manufacturer of open die forgings and seamless rolled rings. Check them out at steelforge.com. And Lou, you and I are here to discuss kind of a wrap-up of 2020 and what 2021 might look like. So, For the most part, we probably want to skip 2020.
1: Well, there's uh, really no easy way to talk about 2020. But I think that we need to talk a little bit about what's gone on this past year. Not that everybody doesn't know or hasn't been a victim of. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. And then we'll get into a little bit of hopefulness about next year.
0: Well, fortunately for manufacturing, or unfortunately, uh, it was unfortunate that COVID came along and things began to shut down in the first quarter. But manufacturing, by and large, stayed in operation across the U.S. because they were an essential industry or an essential business that had to keep operating. Even if you made something that was remotely beneficial to help the country, with COVID, you stayed in operation. So most manufacturers were in pretty good shape, except they had to make significant changes to their production lines. They had to space people apart. They had to move their uh, business staff out of the production facility. So there were some big changes there, Lou. Sure. And
1: most of the companies that uh, we deal with, you know, being that we're a supplier of uh, raw materials and porters, uh most of the companies uh, that we deal with, the manufacturing side uh, has been working. Uh, they're in the plant, uh, spaced out and so on, but uh, the admin people and the salespeople and so on are working remotely uh, as with our company. Uh, the bulk of our Uh, non-manufacturing people are all working uh, remotely. The only one who is not is me because I love working in the office.
0: (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) Obviously, the economy took some wild gyrations. It was down three-something in the first quarter, 31 in the second quarter, up 33 in the fourth quarter. And now they're looking at probably something around two and a half to three for the fourth quarter. But for the year, we're probably going to be a net negative one point something for 2020. Our, our uh, uh,
1: probably. Uh, hopeful that next year is going to be different. Uh, and we're hearing all kinds of conflicting stories uh, from the uh, talking heads about next year. Uh, actually, we have conflicting stories about 2020 in terms of things are good in manufacturing, things are not good in manufacturing. Uh, the uh, economic uh, uh, forecasters are saying manufacturing is doing great. But then when you listen to the, uh, the political side, uh, primarily the Democratic side, they say things are terrible you listen to the Republican side, uh, they're saying from nothing to uh, things are wonderful. So it's hard to tell what is really going on. And uh, so that being said, I'm hopeful that next year or the beginning of this coming year, the first quarter, uh, may wind up being better than where we are.
0: Interesting that you have been following the Institute for Supply Management's Purchasing Managers Index, the PMI, and we report on that every month on Manufacturing Talk Radio. It's in the high 50s, it's touched up into the 60s, and the forecast, which comes out in January, which we will also be covering, uh, looks like at least the first quarter will continue in this high 50-something range, which is gonna help manufacturers bring in the revenues to be able to continue to do the kind of investing they're now gonna need to accelerate something I call industry 5.0, which is industry 4.0 on steroids, which means you've gotta get to automation faster. You've gotta get all of your data working better and sooner so that you can keep track of what's happening in your plant and across the industry and being able to respond to a crisis. Nobody saw this virus coming other than people who said for decades, you know, we'll get hit with a pandemic. Well, here it is. Manufacturing did pretty well, small business got crushed. And still is. Yes.
1: And now uh, the uh, 29th of December, uh, they're talking about uh, resolving the uh, stimulus package or a relief package as it's more uh, readily known as, and that's only going to mildly help uh, the people that are in dire need. Uh, but the uh, point being, come the first of the year, uh, is hopeful that uh, manufacturing truly is going to be up. We're not. I'm not really sure if it's up now or not. And uh, as I said before, it depends on who you're listening to and who's talking. So that significantly uh, creates a major problem in understanding what's going on.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt that uh, primary metals and fabricated metal products was a little sluggish, getting back going, which affected your business, loop. Uh, It seems to be kind of catching up. Nothing at this point in time is at the January 2020 levels or how we finished 2019, which was pretty booming. It was a great manufacturing economy. Uh, No one really expects that, Lou. I don't think to recover until mid-2021.
1: Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed on that one. Uh, I'm not sure that anybody is, uh, you know, putting down big money bets on that. No. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So we have, uh, you know, we still have the same issues that we had last year and the year before, last year meaning this year, and the year before, and that's the skill gap issue. Uh, uh, people now are unemployed and they don't have, they have skills in one particular set, but they don't have skills in other sets where they might be able to get jobs. So that that's a, a major problem.
0: Yeah, the skills gap has actually gotten weird. Uh, it was a case where manufacturing was looking at a gap of people that they would need that could rapidly rise from the several hundred thousand range into a couple of million range. And then COVID hit. And they laid off everybody in this mad scramble to balance for COVID. Now they're bringing them back slowly, but all the skills are changing. You're right. They're going to be interfacing more with computers and robots and using iPads and uh, they're going to be operating remotely, and all of those skills change. So even the the people who were kind of getting close to getting a job in manufacturing and those who had jobs in manufacturing are facing the learning curve. And the businesses, they got to do a ton of training. Well, it's an interesting
1: point that you brought up about uh, uh, those who uh, don't have the skills for the new jobs. And some of those new jobs are – as you pointed out, the, um, uh, the robotics, 3D printing, uh, and all of these uh, issues um, where there are a lot of jobs, but there aren't a lot of skills. And, right. uh, you know, if you, do a lot, if you do a fair amount of reading, uh, and I, I read a bunch of industrial publications uh, as recently as this morning, that talks about robotics and 3D printing and so on. And 3D printing, for example, has gotten very, very uh, complex and that um, these are no longer simple printing jobs. These are very complex, very close tolerance uh, products that they're turning out. Um, So who's doing the thinking on this? The the employee who's running the uh, 3D printer or is it the 3D printer? Personally, I think it's a 3D printer.
0: Yeah, clearly, this you're not printing a plastic coffee mug oh, anymore. No. And if no, it no, doesn't no. leak, you're in good shape.
1: No. One of the articles that I read uh, within the last couple of days was about uh, Inconel 718, uh, which is a uh, high-temperature nickel alloy, uh, that they're printing very complex parts and uh, very interesting.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt.
1: Yeah.
0: That will be a that will be a real challenge. Um, we have been watching three D printing probably for a decade, and it's really kind of something that was around in the eighties, and it's just starting to get real legs. It's moving from the prototype phase to the production phase, and you're right. Very tight, close tolerance yep. parts have to be produced and finished before they can go into and there are several places in aircraft that they're now putting in 3d printed parts
1: well to take it one step further the uh, 3d printing there's three printers on the international uh, space station so this way they don't have to wait for the next shuttle to come up and uh, replace a couple of screws that they need so they're printing their own replacement parts In essence, probably saving millions upon millions, maybe billions of dollars in transportation charges to go to the space space
0: station. Yeah, it's a little expensive to take up the left turn, (laughs) four-threaded screw, and have to use a Titan rocket to get it there. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Right. but at least today
1: they are uh, uh, replaceable engine. I'm sorry, reusable engines.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So what, what do you think about what's going on now about this, uh, uh, the, the Russian uh, uh, hacking and so on that's going on? How does that affect, how do you feel it's affecting uh, manufacturing and uh, these companies that are doing manufacturing? Uh, are, are there secrets being stolen? Are they not being able to uh, secure their uh, secrets. Uh, does anybody know?
0: <laughs> well, certainly we have had some folks on Manufacturing Talk Radio that talked about cybersecurity, and it okay. is a it is a major threat, and it isn't just for the the GE's and the Ford Motor Company and the you know the titans of industry. They're going after even the smallest companies. And what they're and they're not just coming in to take your computer down and hold you for ransomware. What they want to do is come in, stay as long as possible, gather as much information as possible, including your customer lists and your sales data and your pricing data before you find them and kick them out. Um, Everybody's doing it to everybody. I'm sure the U.S. won't admit it, but we're probably hacking Russia and China while Russia and China are hacking us. Um, It's an unfortunate uh, spin off of the Internet and the interconnectedness, but there's no question that's going to affect manufacturing. and, And one of the concerns for manufacturers here is something that we did to or I understand we did to Iran in their centrifuges. We were able to hack into their centrifuges and make their centrifuges go wild and tear themselves apart. So you could do all kinds of uh, awful things in manufacturing, particularly in big pharma. Maybe you fool around with the uh, chemical concoction that they use for curing something like COVID. And they think what they're putting in those vials is a cure and maybe not so much. So yeah, that's a major threat.
1: Um, We, (laughs) who knows, it could be China as they are saying on the street.
0: Yeah, we don't know, actually, where it's coming from. We just know that we have to watch it from every quarter. Uh, Anybody who's connected to anybody can get into anything, including the federal government, which recently suffered a major hack. So, you know, that's going to be an ongoing problem, and I'm not quite sure. As fast as they build software to try to thwart it, the hackers build something to try to beat it. and It's kind of a... uh, Uh, a long game that they're playing against each other for uh, espionage.
1: What I found uh, incredibly interesting is that one of the major U.S. corporations that were caught in the middle of this was, ready, Microsoft. They invented this game, and they're now being victimized by it.
0: Yeah, clearly, uh, all of the big guys, uh, even I imagine Norton, McAfee, all the antivirus folks probably getting hacked as well. I mean, that's the game to beat is that the antivirus stuff. So everybody is chopping away at everything that's out there. I I don't know how they're going to rectify it, Lou. It's going to be a real mess probably for another decade until somebody figures out that when you shut down the electric grid uh, on the Eastern seaboard and people start dying on operating room tables and in nursing homes, because they need ventilation equipment or whatever, uh, that this is something that they've got to try to beat now. And it's no easy game. Uh, I
1: I heard a couple of days ago that the, um, the hacking that occurred now was as a result of Russia, or maybe China. Uh, Russia uh, invaded a company called Solar Wind. And Solar Wind is a company that creates software to protect against hacking. And the Russians installed malware into the Solar Wind. Product that went out to eighteen thousand companies in America. So here, we they, they installed uh, malware and so on into the into these programs, which only aided the hacking issue. So it's, yeah. uh, it, it's pretty poor, pretty poor
0: situation. Yeah, it's it's hard to win in that game. There's no doubt yeah, about it. For sure, for
1: sure. But uh, getting to some of the shows that we've done this year, we've had, uh, uh, we've been on, uh, this is now our, I think we're going into our eighth year, uh, and we've had, uh, uh, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 shows, not to mention the other uh, four shows that we have, which is uh, Where's Willie and uh, 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 Manufacturing Matters. And, uh, uh, help me out here.
0: I'm, yeah. The wham podcast. Uh, and right. Girls. Uh, right. Right. I, I think all told for just manufacturing talk radio, we're now going into the 500. yes. yes. And that's just on the radio podcast side of things. There's also another hundred videos out there that we've done. And then we have the other podcasts that are building their library of information So there's a lot of great stuff uh, for people to come and search as if they're doing a search on Google and they're looking for information on a particular topic. You can use the search function at mfgtalkradio.com and find a lot of good interviews on subjects you're interested in and manufacturing. That's what we're all about.
1: So now uh, as the audience can tell, we're doing a, uh, um, video Zoom event. And this is actually the first time we're trying this, uh, on a, on, for an ongoing basis. And, uh, I hope you all can see us, hear us, and I hope our yellow jackets aren't, uh, uh, negatively impacting you. But we are planning to be doing the audio and audio video. So, so far we're doing pretty good in our, engineer Craig is sitting here and and he's over that way or depending on which way you're looking, it (laughs) could be that way. But uh, we're we're very excited about what's coming up uh, for us uh, going into the next year, 2021.
0: Yes, I think what we'll begin to put out there, you're seeing in other uh, formats, we are going to shift to, probably using Zoom, a video format where we have our guests on screen along with us. Lou and I are always on FaceTime with each other when we're doing a podcast because I'm in the Atlanta area. He's up in New Jersey. The guests are on the phone. They could be anywhere in the world. So we're going to be using a video format with Zoom and begin to give our our viewers uh, a more visual look. And we'll probably play with some green screen effects and some uh, things over our shoulders to give you more information. Should be kind of a fun year as we develop manufacturing. Uh, I
1: don't know. My right shoulder keeps disappearing on me, but uh, <laughs> I was told it has something to do with yellow. But uh, that being said, it's going to be yellow, and that's uh, that's the way it's going to be.
0: Yeah, you'll need a ton of light. <laughs> No, no,
1: actually, if there's
0: actually, some gaffers uh, out there, and send us an email and say, hey, this is what you got to do to your lighting. We'll be glad yeah, to hear.
1: Oh, right. If there's a lighting expert out there, give us some input. We would love to have it.
0: Feedback is valuable. We'd love to hear from our listeners. We're always uh, watching our emails to see who sends in a, a note, a comment, uh constructive criticism so far they've been pretty kind yeah, so we've gotten beat that's up that's
1: true that's true uh, i don't think we've been beaten up uh, too badly i think i only got one real serious beat up and that was from a, a listener who objected to the fact that i had a editorial we had an editorial writer from uh, the washington post on our show and uh, you know he was one of these uh right-wing, not that it's bad, one of these right-wing people who just found it totally objectionable that we had somebody from the Washington Post on our show. So
0: Well, that's certainly why we, Lou we and I, tried
1: politics.
0: To, yeah, Lou and I try <laughs> to avoid politics. It's so polarized in this country. It's gotten worse. Um, if I have to put a finger on it, I, I have told Lou, I think it's more the mainstream media than it is. The Politicians themselves, uh, although yes. they've contributed to the problem, we're becoming a terribly divided and divisive nation. And I believe it was Abraham Lincoln who said, A house that stands divided against itself cannot continue, it will fall. It will fail. Right, right. So I,
1: I suggest we try and bring him back. He was a pretty bright guy.
0: <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> And I wonder if he knows anything about manufacturing. Uh, well,
1: probably in those days he knew about how to make uh, stove, uh, stove top hats or pipe oh, hats. Oh, yes. Or, yeah.
0: Somebody knew how to do that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how do you feel
1: about next year? Let's, let's, take, let's take it into six months.
0: I guess manufacturing, as I look at it over the next six months, Lou, I think it looks pretty solid. You know, we didn't feel it in 2020. Uh, The COVID crisis threw everybody off their game. Yet the Purchasing Managers Index showed new orders and production very strong. It shows inventories at record lows so that manufacturers can't manufacture without the raw materials. So they've got to pull the raw materials in. That drives upstream suppliers to produce. Uh, It looks strong for 2021, and there's always that unless hanging out there, you know, unless the new strain of COVID out of the UK takes a foothold and the Pfizer vaccine is not effective against it. And that throws us into another whirlwind of shutdowns. So, you know, unless that happens, I think 2021 will begin to be a strong recovery year.
1: Well, I'm, I'm not as uh, optimistic uh, as you are. Uh, I listen to, as you do, uh, listen to, read, and so on about what's going on. And, and what we are seeing is that there's two sides to this coin. And one side says, Oh, manufacturing's doing great. The number is fifty-nine, and uh, that, that's uh, ISM. And then you have uh, Maypi, and you have IHS, and so on. But then you have the politicians who say things are terrible. The economy is terrible. Well, why are they? How are they so far apart? One says left, and the other says right. So how do you know which is? The the truth. And we've been suffering from lack of truth for a long
0: time. Yes, and I would not look to the politicians for truth. (laughs) I don't look for them for facts either. Each side has their own set of factoids, which they present as the facts to bolster their point of view. And six months down the road, the American public learns. Hell, those really weren't the fact facts. You wanted the fact facts? (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think the politicians are the source of truth or accuracy in much of anything. So I'm I'm relying on the Institute of Supply Management, the market surveys out of IHS. By the way, great surveys, good information there. Yeah, Uh, yeah. That's probably what manufacturing is looking at, too, Lou. Yeah,
1: uh, it it seems as though that... uh, who who knows what the truth is? It's hard to tell. But one of the things that I really enjoyed this past year and maybe years earlier is that we, we've talked to a lot of technical people and software people and the kinds of uh, programs that they're coming out with uh, really is phenomenal. Phenomenal. And it in the long run, is going to help uh, most industries, including manufacturing, tremendously. Uh, you know, if the days of the blacksmith making horseshoes, uh, they're gone. And I'm sure that the last blacksmith making making horseshoes wound up doing another job. Other I'm than sure. Making, yeah, so they had to learn new skills, uh, you know, maybe they were the ones that were putting the wooden floors in the Model T Ford, uh, from the wooden boxes where the product was delivered to them. Yeah, uh, so so it's uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what comes down the pike.
0: Well, in terms of technology, Lou, you're exactly right. Uh, this is what uh, we began talking about at the top of the show is that manufacturers have got to make the shift. Probably more so not just because it's here and it can help them, but because it can help them in something that your company did, oh gosh, maybe 10 years ago when it put together a business continuity plan and yeah. said, if this, then what? And you you looked at all of the different scenarios, and one of the scenarios you looked at was if we can't get into the buildings, how do we run the business and you dealt with that very well. And I don't think in the pandemic, all metals and forage group had a hiccup. We
1: didn't have any uh, shutdown. We had no issues. Uh, Six, seven years ago, we had a hurricane and flood. There's a river nearby us. And we were shut down uh, by the Jersey National Guard. And we were literally out of business for five days. And we came up with the business continuity plan Documented, it's a, it was in a booklet, and we made sure that if anything ever happened, well, we're safe. So, five, six years later, what happened? COVID. And we were up and running the next day. So, you need to, manufacturers need to understand that they have to put into place the um, uh, programs that they won't get shut down in case of uh, business interruption.
0: Yeah, it's a very challenging scenario to look at one that says, how do I run my company if I can only have 25% of my staff available? Right. Or 50% of my staff available and run those scenarios. You know, who are the 25%? Who's in the 50%? What are they doing? How are they doing it? Um, So, you know, hats off to all metals and many other manufacturers around the country, because you folks managed to be prepared for the fact that if I can't get into the building, how do I run the business? And literally you flip the switch and the next morning the staff was working from home and you you didn't miss a beat. It was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it was very cool. And the fact that, uh, you know, we implemented uh, communications and uh, computers and scanning and so on and so forth. And literally, we were up and running. And and frankly, I'm not sure uh, how this is going to continue uh, because some people now like working from home and some don't like working from home, which is me. Uh, I I enjoy being in the office. I enjoy being uh, involved with a mix of employees and uh, production and manufacturing and so on. Um, It gets a little lonely when there's only two or three of us here. But uh, this, this might change, it might not change, we don't know. It, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, turn of events going into the future.
0: No doubt is. Uh, the predictions are for the next two or three years that at least 22% of the workforce will continue to work from home. Some of the big tech companies, Google, Facebook, probably look at being higher. Some of them have said, you're never coming back into the office. It's working so well from where you are that we don't need this kind of space. And Lou, that was a topic you brought up several times in our interviews, is that commercial office space and some production space is going to be obsolete when people renew their leases. That's
1: exactly right. That's exactly right. And uh, matter of fact, we had an interesting uh, interview just this morning uh, with a company called TexAmericaCenter.com, who has taken over uh, 12,000 acres or a million square feet. And uh, what military base was it they took over? You the Red it. River Army Depot. Down yeah town
0: of Texas is.
1: yeah and they're doing uh, business uh, development uh, business redevelopment and uh, they're they're doing great and the uh, energy costs are lower the land cost is lower the uh, employment uh, costs are lower um, if it wasn't for the fact that it was Texas I would think of going there <laughs>
0: Well, certainly personal income taxes are lower as long as they continue to pump
1: oil out of the ground. Well, oil for now. Uh, I just heard recently of a new energy um, product called, and I don't know anything more more of it than what I'm about to tell you. It's called Blue Gas. And uh, you ought to read up about it. It's uh, it's cheaper. It's uh, 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 prevalent, it's very available, and uh, the oil companies in Texas, they may have a problem.
0: Well, certainly crude oil itself I think is going to fade into the setting sun uh, sometime in the next decade or three. Coal is already fading into the setting sun. Yeah, yeah. They like to make coal plants clean. It's just kind of an old energy technology. Lou and I have been kibitzing back and forth about something called graphene. You may have heard you about it. Yeah, graphene. Graphene <laughs> starts to work its way into the manufacturing production scale stuff. Uh, it, it has some amazing properties, uh, one of which is they're developing its ability to work as a solar panel, which they're making real progress on. That's gonna take another bite out of the, you know the old fossil fuel industry. So you know we're gonna make the shift this century to something completely different than last century.
1: Well, the good news for me is that uh, I don't have to worry about three decades from now. <laughs> that would put me at about 110. <laughs> I don't know, you may still be around. <laughs> I could be, if that's because I got a lot of work to do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, this was great. I'm glad that we were able to get together, you know, the kibitz about the past year. Uh, maybe we're going to do something in the beginning of the year and talk about 2021 forecast.
0: Yeah, I certainly wouldn't be terribly doom and gloom on 2021. I realize, look, and from my point of view, could it be any worse than 2020? I mean, yeah, it could, but it probably won't be, thank goodness.
1: Only if you're dead.
0: <laughs> well, that's true. or Or they have a new strain of COVID that gives us a whole new challenge. But for the most part, I think the worst of this pandemic is behind us, and we'll begin to move forward and upward in a positive fashion for 2021.
1: Well, I think you're being uh, overly optimistic about us being past the worst. I think that we still have a way to go. But we'll see. We'll talk about that at another time.
0: Yep. It's going to take a while to get the vaccine rocking and rolling and the herd immunity and all those kinds of things but sure thing we'll see how that rolls out
1: now have a good uh, holiday good new year
0: thank you you. Lou, and the same to you and your family and for everybody watching and listening happy new year to you and we look forward to chatting with you on manufacturing talk radio or manufacturing tv or the wham podcast or where's willie manufacturing Matters with cliff waldman or Hazard Girls, as we roll out and expand all the things under the umbrella called jacketmediaco.com. And thanks for being with us.
1: Thank you all, and have a good holiday.
0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.